welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friend, and welcome. So honored that you're here today. I'm recording this in the mid-spring period, I guess, season. Um, The sun is in the sign of Taurus. We're right in the heart of spring. The weather where I'm at has been really chaotic, very wet, um, which I'm so grateful for since we're still in a historic drought here in Oregon. So just so grateful for the rain and the water. You know, in the spring, we're witnessing all of these plants coming to life and growing, and there's tremendous growth. If you just take a moment to look around and see all of the plants that are flourishing and the birds that are growing and the baby animals that have been born. And in the mid-spring period, we're really looking at what it means to be stable, to find stability, to become so strongly rooted to grow stalks and branches that are strong to establish ourselves in this new soil that we might find ourselves in and this new season in this world that we are in and one thing that I didn't talk about in today's recording that I want to sort of bring forward here is that you know the sun is in the sign of Taurus and Taurus's complementary or opposite sign is Scorpio so In the mid-autumn, we are looking at death and release and what it means to let go of something that is established and has been stable. And on the other side of that, in Taurus season, in mid-spring, we're looking at what it takes for new life to flourish. You know, both are deep processes. They, They sort of get to the heart of what it means to be alive, you know, working with death and grief and letting go but also working with new life and creativity and the magic of growth and transformation and rebirth. So today's episode is a recording of the monthly meditation call that I do in Cedar Lodge and in it I talk about how to grow, how to get to where you want to go and how important the way that you get there is. It's not always the way that you think it is or what you've been taught. You know, the way that we grow isn't actually in alignment with dominant narratives of growth, of, you know, high stakes change, of that drill sergeant motivation style, of that, you know, punishing ourselves into growth that's not how it happens in the natural world. And so I'm excited to share with you some other perspectives and other ways that you might stretch and really grow this spring and get closer to where you do want to go. But before I share the recording, I want to let you know that I am soliciting feedback from you, from podcast listeners. In the month of May, I'm focused on making some upgrades and tweaks to the podcast, and I would love your feedback as I do that. I'm looking for about 10 people who are willing to have a 25-minute conversation with me over the phone or Zoom, and I have three wonderful volunteers already, which is great, so I'm looking for seven more right now, and I just want to have a quick conversation about you, who you are, what you do for work, what's feeling 
tough or great or hopeful or desperate about work, um, how you feel about the podcast topics that I share, about the sound quality, other things that you might like to see, and anything else that you want to share. So if you like this show, if you love it, if you want to see it grow, it would be great if I could talk with you. And you can visit the link in the show notes or go to awildnewwork.com slash podcast. If you're listening to this episode past May, but you would still like to connect, I may keep some of these slots open into June and July. You can try the link to see if I still have space. And if not, you are always welcome to reach out to me directly on email or Instagram with your thoughts. You can also just leave a public review, which is always appreciated. So if you are open to having a chat with me, please visit the link in the show notes. It would mean so much to get to talk to you in real time. Um, Okay, that's what I have to say about that. Now I'm going to switch to the recording. I want to invite you to just settle in if you can. You can get cozy or relaxed in your body if you're doing something active as you listen. There's no meditation in this one like normal. There's no long you know, visualization, but I do want to encourage you to drop into the embodiment cues when I give them a little bit of embodiment, a little bit of noticing how you feel really goes a long way. So I encourage you to do that when you hear me talking about that. Okay, I hope you love it. Uh, I just want to invite you to settle in and make this time really lovely in any way that you need, whether it's just grabbing a quick cozy blanket or making sure that you can look out of a nice window. And right away, we're just going to start noticing our breath. This doesn't have to be complicated, just bringing some awareness to your inhale and exhale. Slowing down the breathing if that feels good. And I just want to invite you to, with your imagination, begin to open up to a new way of seeing yourself. To pretend like at this moment is the start of a new cycle of awareness, a new perspective about your life. You could imagine as you breathe that the oxygen is just opening you up, making you even larger, helping you to sort of bloom. You could imagine yourself as a blooming flower, just opening up to the sunlight, to the rain, to pollinators who want to interact with you. So just opening up to something new today, whatever it is that you most need to hear or be made aware of. I'm going to start by talking about where we are in the cycle of the seasons. So as I'm recording this, we're in the mid to late spring period. The sun is in the sign of Taurus, which is a fixed earth sign. And in this period, if you think about how the natural world, the plants especially, are settling into this new growth cycle, there's this focus on establishment, really checking in, establishing good roots, making sure that you're in, you know, accessing what you need through the soil. There, we're seeing lots of blooms. So there's this theme all around beauty and really blooming into beauty, growing toward what nourishes you, growing toward the sun, opening up to the rain, being so beautiful that you can't help but attract 
pollinators that are going to help you grow and proliferate. There's also in the archetype of Taurus these textures of silence and reverence. We're really learning how to find true stability, how to bloom and step into this new cycle of growth, even in the midst of chaotic spring weather where you know it's raining it's sunny it's doing both at the same time letting whatever is happening out there going go on but us being firmly established into our roots and blooming and stretching in good ways on or around may 20th every year the sun moves into the sign of gemini which is a mutable air sign so there's a lot of movement coming and we're still in this period of like settling in, enjoying the slow growth, the slow, you know, the anticipation of like, what is this bloom going to be? You know, how beautiful can it be? And in Gemini season, if we haven't done our work of sort of getting rooted into what really grounds us and what feels stabilizing, it's easy to get swept up in the activity, to get swept up in the wind or the chaos or the, just the, buzz of life around us. Taurus is also connected to the archetype of the hero font in the tarot. And when we're moving through the hero font lessons, it's a period where we are deconstructing beliefs that we have inherited or that we carry within us or things that we've just believed for a long time, perspectives we've had for a long time. It's a time of looking at those and pulling them apart and reconstructing our beliefs in a way that aligns with where we are now, really becoming grounded in a way of seeing the world, in a way of being in the world that is us on a deep level, that is true for us depending on what we've learned or had to move through since, you know, the fall and winter or through our entire lives if we've never done this process before. In the hero font card, you often see a figure who might be called the high priest, and they are this intermediary between spirit and the material realm. And so it's this time in our lives where we can be good channels for the love, joy, wisdom, truth that needs to come into the world, or we can speak with clarity and with a sense of being rooted and grounded so that the, the words coming out of us or the truth coming out of us isn't from a shallow place, isn't from a place of a lack of understanding, but is from a very deep place. And this doesn't have to be like major, major work that takes weeks or months of concentration. You're, if you're here listening to this, my sense is that you already have a base level of awareness and groundedness that you are rooted into something that nourishes you, that you have a life that in some ways does feel really rooted and healthy where you can bloom. So my invitation is just in the coming weeks to sprinkle a little bit extra reverence in, a little bit of extra silence, um, a little bit of whatever it is helps you to feel established and like a deep sense of stability, capital S, you know, not, I'm not talking about like your 401k. I'm talking about true resilience and stability. And that's different for each of us. But I bet there are things in your life that do help you to feel like you can weather whatever is going on, you know, in the clouds or in the sky. One of those things that really helps me is having a 
organic, natural perspective on how we grow, how we get to where we want to go. And so I want to talk today about some common ways I see people relating to growth and some possibly healthier or more useful ways to help you get to the feeling state, the places that you want to go in this coming spring and summer. Most people relate to themselves in the midst of change the same way that dominant culture teaches us to make a change. We use things like critical self-talk, um, harshness, you could think of like an army drill sergeant or, you know, being at a boot camp. That's one way to motivate people to change. A lot of us use inner shame or guilt, or we allow the guilt of others to permeate us and impact us. A lot of us push through, we push harder and think that in order to change, it has to be like a lot of suffering. If you think of how people have related to the land for a long time, there's a lot of like plowing and tearing up and we're going to rip all this out and start over rather than tending and being patient with what's here. Many people move through change with fear at the root. If you think of people making a career change, for example, a lot of us take action or make decisions based on fear that we have that maybe we're not good enough for something else or there won't be something else or this is you know all that's available or i'll run out of money if i take a minute to think about what i want to do and that i could go on and on about how many of us move through change and what we were taught about how to improve ourselves or evolve and these things may work for a time Certainly, if you go through, you know, a challenge or um, if you move through a period of really pushing yourself, you may see results, certainly. And sometimes plants and other animals do have to stretch. If you think of a plant um, in a, the midst of crisis, whether it's a lack of water or sun, sometimes they'll go to seed early because they need to just, their number one goal is to proliferate. So you might see them grow really fast and put seeds out early. And we might call that a success, but it's not because that plant has done that out of a, a sense of lack or true lack and also out of crisis and it's not sustainable for the plant. If you think of how many countries have adopted, you know, modern agriculture, we have these huge fields of monocrops where it's just corn or soy or whatever it is. And the plowing and the planting of a monocrop and the pesticides that we use can get results. These plants can become very big and abundant, but not for long. This process, this way of relating to the land completely erodes the soil. And it's a major source of current and potential crisis in our world. Let me also just bring this down for each of us personally for a moment. If you wanna close your eyes or just imagine, imagine some of this approach coming to you. Maybe it's very familiar to you because it's how you move yourself through change, but you could imagine like, a drill sergeant screaming at you or maybe your mother or someone guilting you in, you know, saying, you know, I wish you wouldn't do that. Don't move away. That makes me so sad. Don't take that job. Don't do X. Or maybe it's a sense of fear. You might have a friend who loves to fear monger and say, oh, but you can't take a break. You won't have the money that you need. Imagine being across from someone like that and just notice how that feels in your spirit, in your body. 
for me, it makes me feel activated. Like there, there's a crisis I have to respond to. I'm in like fight or flight. It also closes me down. It feels like a big shutting down and like I want to get small and sort of contract. So again, people see results from these methods. I'm not saying that you won't, but whether or not they're sustainable, whether or not they're truly healthy for you and whether or not they're going to get you where you actually want to go is a huge question mark. There are other ways that are much more sustainable to foster your growth anytime throughout your life, but especially this spring. The first one is to foster a sense of safety. When we feel safe, when I feel like my body can relax, when I'm in an environment that feels safe to me, when I'm around people who I feel like I can be myself around, who aren't judging me or critical of me, true growth can begin to flourish. When I use loving words toward myself or toward my loved ones, growth can flourish. When we give ourselves permission to try, permission to want more, permission to want less of something, when we take small, consistent acts of care, when we tend to the garden instead of ripping it all out and you know, compacting all of that soil, real growth is possible. When we have a strong connection to what grounds us, which with what feels like it connects us to something bigger, when we are connected and honoring the feeling states that we aspire to right now, when, when I give myself permission to feel more joy in the midst of my workday, when I give myself permission to want more freedom, these are the actions and the approaches that really foster true sustainable growth over the long term we don't we may not see results as quickly it may not be like you know bam i did this 25 day challenge and you know lost whatever amount of weight or did this thing it's going to be a more organic process of growth and evolution that i promise you will serve you in a much deeper way and for a longer amount of time like think of a really sweet friend or parent or loved one across from you just telling you how wonderful you are, how they see your efforts. Imagine being in a place that feels incredibly relaxing and safe to you. Imagine a mentor or a teacher giving you permission to try, permission to reach for more. I bet if you close your eyes and imagine that, it feels a lot different in your body. One of the quickest ways that we can start doing more of this and amplify our momentum and the changes that we want to make are to bring to mind how we want to feel in the future or how we want to feel now. If you think about the work that you do or the work that you imagine doing, you know, in three months, how do you want to feel inside of that? Most of my clients come to me saying they want to feel centered. They want to feel inspired, energized, at ease. So why can't the path be those things, right? We think we have to go through this tumultuous path and push ourselves and suffer and suffer, and then we'll get to the groundedness, the inspiration, the energy. But that's not, in my experience, that's not how it works. How you get there is where you get to. <laughs> 
right? If we push through and we shame ourselves and we talk to ourselves with all this horrible critical language, that's what we get more of. If we make all of our decisions and reach out out of fear, that's what we get more of. And it doesn't mean that we're bad or that we've messed everything up. We can always start new. But your path, how you get to where you want to go, is inextricably linked to your sense of wellness, to your safety, your loving self-talk, to the nourishment that you need. So that is so important to honor how you want to feel in your life and in your work and to start bringing that in now. What is it that energizes you? Can you do more of that today? Can you turn down the self-criticism and turn up what inspires you? You know, it can be, again, these small, micro, consistent acts of love and care truly add up over time. You know, the five minutes that we spend tending these little plants or this garden that we're working on, that really adds up over time. We don't have to rip the whole thing out and plow the field. We can honor what's here and just keep going and to make it even sweeter every day. I want to share a reading with you from um, John O'Donohue in his book, Anamkara, a book of Celtic wisdom. And he wrote this little passage on growth and its relationship to risk. And it's a little bit long, so, so you can um, just let the words sort of wash over you as I read them. This is from his section, to grow is to change. In a poetics of growth, it is important to explore how possibility and change remain so faithful to us. They open us to new depths within. Their continual inner movement makes us aware of the eternity that hides behind the outer facade of our lives. Deep within every life, no matter how dull or ineffectual it may seem from the outside, there is something eternal happening. This is the secret way that change and possibility conspire with growth. John Henry Newman summed this up beautifully when he said to quote, to grow is to change and to be perfect is to have changed often, end quote. Change therefore need not be threatening. It can in fact bring our lives to perfection. Perfection is not cold completion. Neither is it avoidance of risk and danger in order to keep the soul pure or the conscience unclouded. When you are faithful to the risk and ambivalence of growth, you are engaging your life. The soul loves risk. It is only through the door of risk that growth can enter. I love that passage because it's a great reminder that there's one thing to be afraid in spite of something to stretch and grow and experience the normal fear that comes with that. It's very different to make decisions or move through our lives with fear at the root. And so the risk is like he's like John O'Donoghue said a gateway it's the portal into growth and whatever you can do to add in the sweetness the groundedness what it is that really feeds you um, can only help with that as you continue to stretch this spring and summer so that's what I have for you today my friends thank you for sharing this space with me I'm wishing you beautiful pleasurable growth as we move into the rest of the growing cycle Okay, I hope you really enjoyed that recording and are feeling inspired to grow in different ways this spring and summer. 
Again, if you're open to having a 25-minute conversation with me about you and your work and how the podcast is feeling for you, I would appreciate it so much. You can find a link in the show notes or visit awhilenewwork.com slash podcast to schedule that call at a time that works for you. I will be back with you in two weeks. Take such good care and I'll see you on the other side.